The magic of music is its power to connect, to inspire and cross borders. However, most music nowadays is consumed through playlists created by algorithms. And these playlists, they tend to keep us in our bubble and withhold us from experiencing new sounds. In this podcast series, we introduce you to musicians you might have never heard of. This is Music Meetup. Welcome to Music Meetup, the podcast by the Music Meeting Festival. The Music Meetup concept is based on spontaneous and sometimes improvised musical encounters between two musicians. They come from different worlds, speak different languages, but took on the challenge and joined forces to play a concert. In each podcast episode, we offer you the chance to get to know the people behind the music. To keep the improv flow going in our table talk, we prepared an unconventional, non-scripted conversation. There's a bowl on the table that contains questions that can take the conversation anywhere and everywhere. My name is Rufeira Abu Talib. I'm a musician and the host of this show. In this episode, I speak with Fuensanta Mendes and Nouros Altaki. Fuensanta is a singer, bass player and composer. Born and raised in the water forest of Veracruz in Mexico, traditional Latin American music was never far away. But she's undeniably a jazz musician, amongst many other things. Nouros Altaki roams the world carrying his oud and his voice as his instruments. He is based in Utrecht, born in Syria and likes to explore the world through interdisciplinary collaborations and cross-cultural projects. No matter where he is in the world, his voice always hits home. The conversation is recorded in its festival house in Nijmegen, the Netherlands. <laughs> Hey, you guys. Hello. Hey. I was wondering, in how many languages are you guys able to greet someone? Three languages for me. Which ones? Maybe four. Hola. But, uh, marhaba. Uh, hoi. Hi. Toch? That's four. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Fonsanta? How many? Hola. Bonjour. Salut. Ciao. Hola. Hoi. Sounds like we can travel the world with all these languages here at the table. Yeah. What was it like when you first met? I think it was last week, wasn't it? Two weeks ago. Or last One week. week and a half. Yeah, let's uh, put it that way. How, how did that come about, your first encounter? Our first, uh, our first encounter was via Zoom, actually. Yeah. So what was it? We called and then it was supposed to be a tiny call just to talk about the repertoire. But then we stayed talking, I think, for an hour and a half about why art is important in the world. <laughs> we were supposed to meet for 10 minutes and then it's just adding 10, 10 and 10. And then we end up, I think, with a one and a half hour conversation about, yeah, why, why do we make art? Why do you play music? Why music is important for us now? Incorporating the body into the music, yes. performances. Yeah, so could you guys describe how your collaboration 
came to exist? We were invited, happily so. Yeah. Um, Maite on tele uh, told me on the phone about Navidas and that she thought it was a really good idea. And then I think she did the same to you. Yeah. She <laughs> she did the same to you. <laughs> and I think we're both really happy about that. Maite is the artistic leader of the music of meeting. The, uh, of the music meeting. And um, yeah, I think... Uh, it's such a great opportunity that this project came to life because then I got to meet Fuen Santa and many other great artists and, and, and this nice, great team here. And yeah, it's, uh, it went really smooth. We just met uh, the, on Zoom and we had this, this kind of conversation and then we met in person in her studio. We were just improvising for like two hours. I made the same mistake twice. <laughs> but whatever. And we were just like, oh, another one? Okay. Even before talking, what do we want to do? We were just playing. Yeah. And then we were at some point at the end, they were like, yeah, okay, maybe we should do this and this. Uh, but and we tried my song. Yes. And then I felt like, yes. wow, I had no idea. This was exactly <laughs> meant for this kind of approach in music, like the one you have. I, I feel like that's also super interesting that even though we come from such different um, backgrounds culturally, the values in our music are really similar and I don't mean necessarily like in principles, but I mean musically. Yeah, uh, yeah It's really like, a, well, of course, model, but the melodies kind of define all the shapes around it. And I think this approach that we both had, yeah, like just made a lot of sense. And then yeah. this kind of lifting poetry... Yeah. Uh, always and but being loose around it yeah this uh, this sense of freedom i think in the in phrasing and uh, and the harmonies and uh, the melodies floating around in a counterpoint i think yeah brought us i was surprised actually because uh, she's a double bass player and mostly you play you know like bass notes and harmonic structures and then she was singing all going all over the place and i was like yeah this is really exciting this is really interesting it really surprised me also to to listen to you two and not um, experiencing <clears throat> the thing you would describe as fusion. Like it did not sound right. it did not sound like a jazz <laughs> player and a, and a more Arabic inspired player bringing together elements into you know how that sometimes really yeah, yeah. goes it wrong. It was not a collage. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, so this was really uh, such an honest way of bringing together. It it, it really became something new and something um, mm. that's not when it's it's not, sometimes people just put things on top of each other, you know. Yeah, don't and you think that's because maybe it doesn't get stripped away first? Like I always think about this when I'm making music. Like if you're gonna steal, you have to strip it away first. Uh, this I tell, I tell to myself, uh, not trying to tell anyone how to live, but you take a, a, an idea in its full colors, like 
you with all the parameters, rhythm, melody, uh, and you paste it all together, then it feels like that. But if you kind of just take out one thread and put it somewhere else, then you just made a new knitting, right? Like, does that make sense? Yeah, that's a great way of making it visual. Thank you. Because I was kind of struggling with how to explain when it becomes like the full scarf on top of another scarf and you just see the two scarves. Right. Instead of taking the threads out of the two scarves and knitting it into a new one. That's a good one. Thank you for that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, what was there like a big insight or a big topic in that first conversation that was very important for your musical second encounter? I mean, we did kind of talk about the essential then, which is really i mean not the essential but the essential of why we make music and then we get together and make music so in that sense i mean that was a beautiful introduction to yeah to then doing it together right um yeah i think we talked a lot about our values as artists and as musicians and i think we both agree on on uh, being the activists also in our work so really trying to bring up and bring out a message out to the world. And we were discussing that a lot and we were talking about, yeah, it's always goes back to love. So most of the music we play is about love uh, and also about other, other things in the world. Like her song, Perspectiva, is quite a, a good example for that. And I also have the assignment composition for the Grachten Festival, which also talks about it. the what's the direct relation between activism and, and love good question <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you want you? to start? <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah so um you know now we we are kind of living in in this world where yeah everything is put into labels and boxes and everything is ruled with division and separation and yeah, we, in our human nature, I think we're born with this kind of, uh, goodness. So we, we, like a baby, uh, will go to the, to the nice dog, you know, like, uh, we, we are loving people. We always have this, um, yeah, we tend to love other people who we care for. So that's always the key to bring us back to who we are as a human beings and to find the connection between each other. So that's the link. And for us as artists, we use this key. We use the love to bring people back together, I think, to make a connection and to make people aware of other problems that we can maybe solve and highlight. Like, for example, labeling everything or being lost in this division and separation. When Santa, you're smiling. We we talked about that really long. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just listening. Um Yeah, and yeah, I was thinking how interesting it is that we 
agree on these things. But for example, you, of course, have this, um, this thought about the labels much more present. And then I have others much more present, but of like fundamentally it's, um, yeah, it's of course, uh, goes back to the same thing. And I was smiling because I was realizing, um, that, but I think for me, maybe the connection between activism and love is the same one as, um, Love is political in the same way art is political, in my opinion, which is um, not necessarily by even being outwardly political, but just because it's lifting, in, it, it creates a comparison in between love or art and other things, right? So I w maybe I'm not explaining myself very clearly, but I think... Uh, systems of oppression, for example, they, they stay strong because of fear, um, which is real. And of course, I mean, by the enforcement of power on other people, but, uh, they are in a way also extremely fragile because they can only survive while we fear and love makes us brave. Um, so in this sense, I think love is political. There's a reason for why also in so many like, Fascist dictatorships, uh, it has been and is forbidden to show love in public or, uh, even I think in this whole capitalist society or the same, uh, art being focused on something which is sometimes enhancing other values, other angles of the worth of a life, of time, of actions. Guys, we have this this bowl. It's staring at me on the table. The bowl of questions. I'm going to shove it over to you, Fuensant, and then you can grab the first one. Okay. Which encounter or meeting in life has impacted your music the most? That's a beautiful, huge question. You want me yeah. to read it again? Let's both think about it. Yes. Which encounter or meeting in life has impacted your music the most? <laughs> I need Ooh. to think about that Ooh. question. Yeah, I think I think we we go back to the same to the same point. Um, as an artist, I think we try to express our emotions, and probably most of our emotions evoked is when you meet someone that you that you love or you fall in love with, and even more when this person breaks your heart <laughs> and then you're, <laughs> you're the sad guy that wants to, to reach out to the, yeah. Then your you emotions. become an artist. No? Yeah. Then you become <laughs> an artist. So I think, <laughs> I think that's, yeah, that uh, probably being a teenager and being this, uh, yeah, 
the the broken heart uh, style is the, maybe the, the most that impact me my music okay. because then you start to sing for loss of love what about you Juan Santa I mean I think uh, I'm still reading my question here giving <laughs> I think um, so a part of what impacts my music I think has been the environment in which I grew up in which is of course exactly what what everyone will say and it's because it's so strong uh in my case it was that i grew up in the forest um i lived there and then i also did things in the city but um this relationship of so many hours of solitude like in this very vibrant uh, nature because it was a rainforest and then i really um created a lot of pockets in my brain in this uh, exchange with the forest. And I think that's something that really lives through me. And also the, well, of course, the Mexican culture around me and the the music. The other day I was listening to this group um, from Veracruz, where I'm from, called Los Cojolites. And they say, de tu boca quiero un beso y de tu blusa un botón. And it's like so much like, here's my heart. Take oh. it. And people sometimes tell me uh, that it's like, whoa, you're so confronting because you're just like this. And uh, especially in Northern Europe, I've been like, okay, I guess uh, that freaks out some people. That's okay. <laughs> But you know, this, of uh, this approach to life. I think is very much, um, has a huge impact also in my music and in the way I relate to people. And I was very, very, very fortunate to be born in a family of, um, people I respect and admire a lot. So who also had a lot of have, because they're still active also in their fields, but have strong ideas on art and, uh, Not in the sense of saying this is right or wrong, but just always provided me with examples. Uh, and I know a lot of interesting people since I'm a little girl because of my parents, for example. And so, yeah, I think a lot of this information lives through me. I, I lately gather a lot of, um, of energy from the things that feel unfair to me and that are kind of, in my case, I, I'm, you know, I'm white and I was born in a very privileged family in, you know, in comparison with most people in the world, not that it was rich or anything, but I had an okay condition always. Um, so there's not so many like traumatic things I can relate to. Um, but, um, I think being alive in 2021 is pretty traumatic <laughs> in itself. You know, <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> But I think, for example, oh, the whole situation about um, misogyny is really kind of unveiling in front of my eyes a lot more clearly in the last few years, um, especially in the last one. Um, most things like this, I think, started falling more and more clearly into my eyes. And now it's like every day in my mind. Um, but I'm really getting a lot of energy from this, for example, Seeing myself, okay, I am a woman. Why, why have we been hated so much for just being whatever, what we're born, you know? And then in this, of course, can make me feel very sad, but also lately it just feels like fire, fire, fire to go burn the things that need to be burned and, you know, do 
with this body I was born with. And yeah, I think it's really, really powerful to see you play earlier today was also there. There is this fire that you describe in your words. It's also very visible. It's very, it's coming like it's radiating out of your pores when you sing and when you perform. It's really, really amazing. And I think especially when you put it like that, like you haven't really had a horrible life not at all then but then i think exactly then when you have the capacity of radiating and of of lifting up others then that's a beautiful way to go about your talent i think yeah thank you for doing that well thank you <laughs> حدث ما أصاب نقصا في وعيه وكأن شيئا ما في قرارة نفسه غرس كعبه في معبد Laudas, are you ready to pick a question from the bowl? Yeah. Should I? <laughs> I think it's a very similar question. Which concert changed your life and how? Mm. Yeah, but make it specific in this question. Make it one <laughs> Please concert. Please make it specific. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we will all know that uh, there were more, right? Of course, but that's not the point. Okay, I, I have one mm. in mind. Cool. Um, maybe I can talk about two? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think it was 2012. I saw a live, of course it was a live concert, but I saw this solo show from Kurt Rosenwinkel, this jazz guitarist, um, who I didn't know in of material I think he never recorded or released. Um, and I remember just sitting there and like feeling the galaxies <laughs> pile up in my brain. And I think I realized last week or something like, whoa, I've been with this music inside me for like 10 years. Like, What about the, that music? really struck you but why is it that concert that really blew you up that way yeah of course now for the sake of honesty i would say it's not the only one so it's not that that one particular had everything uh, that i need but i think it's also just because i love the stars so much like i love um to think about the universe, like to think about the astronomy is one of my favorite places to, to be mentally. And that concert really was that, you know, and then it relates to all sorts of beautiful things like, uh, coming out and seeing the sun and realizing, ah, this today, the sun really feels like a star. All right. We're on this round piece of rock oh today the moon really feels like it's just a rock that is close you know so this notion of kind of space um really colors also my sensation of tiny things in life and that concert really brought me to that place and 
I can go there whenever, like, and it just makes me feel really good. It all starts to make so much sense now. Not only like the radiating of you being a tiny fireball on stage, but also you looking like you are from another galaxy. In the world. <laughs> For the people that are listening and not watching, she's wearing a gold suit with a blue transparent shiny beautiful thing on top of it <laughs> it it uh it does make a lot of sense what what about you Nauras? what what concert comes to mind you had some time to think about it yeah well, I, i grew up i didn't have uh, so much um, chance to go uh, look up concerts or to see a live concert of course just locally with uh, with friends or something like that so i can't really recall um one event that uh, was showed me the stars and um, yeah so maybe the 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 concert which <laughs> changed my life is uh, a concert that i gave myself the first concert that i played for my friends um yeah because it changed my life because it was the first step in really performing for uh Yeah, my friends and like people that didn't know that I'm a musician or I'm an artist and this joy that I brought up in the group and this, mm. yeah, this laughter and connection and, and being together and just, we kept on going, singing song and a song and a song next to the water on a small hill. And yeah, He's, and he keep, he just keeps exactly painting. what I was. He just keeps painting these these pictures of places yeah. that we really want to go now straight away. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's what changed also my life because then I was like, yeah, this is really what I want to to be doing. Do you remember do you remember your first concert? Fuen Santa? Yeah. So there's a there's the recorder one, the flute one, and there's the singing one. <laughs> what do you mean the, the, the I started flute one? Uh, with recorder. Uh when I was like Five or something. What's that? A recorder? You know, like this plastic. Well, I mean, of course, no. It's also a very professional instrument. But <laughs> <laughs> that's what I played. <laughs> we call it in Spanish. We call it the sweet flute, flauta dulce. But um, you know, Is flute. It, yeah, recorder. Okay, it's like block flats in the block Dutch. Flat. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I so, said <laughs> um, <laughs> I started then uh, with that. Yeah, and, and you had your first concert on the recorder. Yeah, I mean, for my parents and like a <clears> bunch <throat> of people when I was super tiny. But then I had my my first like concert of the new era. I mean, when I was already singing and I had already felt nobody knew, but I knew that okay, I'm going to be a singer for the mm. rest of my life. And then in that era, the first one was doing backing vocals for my teacher in her album release, actually. Wow, that's uh, exciting. Yeah, it's on YouTube, but I'm not going to tell you how it's called. <laughs> I was really shocked when I realized my first concert ever is on YouTube. <laughs> We're going to find that link and put uh, it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. hear you. No era libre en su cabeza. Can I maybe have a, can, I, can I have the bowl? I'm grabbing a question now because I haven't done it yet, and it's it, it looked really exciting. We want you to answer also some questions. 
You said in the beginning, yeah, it's a conversation between yeah, yeah, the but three I mean, of us. You guys and now have... you're like, what? We talk a lot. <laughs> no, but you guys have such great stories. And you also. Thank you. Why and for whom do you create? Wow. Why? So that's a nice question. I think I create first of all for myself because I, yeah, I believe that I am here to express the truth that I exist. And this form, this art of mine is the best form of expression of my existence to the world and a kind of contribution. And, um, yeah, that's the first thing that I, I make for. And the second is I make for, for the good <laughs> for people to make people happy and to create connection, spread love. I think that's the two most important things. I've never realized how lucky we are that we actually have the ability as musicians to create that proof of existence. Mm. I mean, what if you wouldn't be an artist? What if you wouldn't have your oud and your voice and your bass? How would you create that that proof of your existence then? Hi, the other one was easier to answer. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I think if you if you ask me if if I was not a, a musician, everything you do in life has a weight to it and has uh, some kind of energy and a resonance to it. And it's a decision of, of doing what you do in a good way. So even if you're a, whatever, a sound engineer, filmmaker, or a, just a, a builder or a farmer, it's about the way that you believe that what you're doing is contributing something to you being yourself and being honest and present and just, yeah, just be there here and now and do your thing. And, uh, yeah, like mm. have this connection to yourself. So being an artist is not necessarily just uh, make creating music or these forms that there's so many other forms of expression that we can, that we can use in life. So whatever builder you are, even if you're, yeah, like even if you're just like, I don't want to give an example to, to of course insult somebody, but, um, let's say, you make a, a table, you know, you can be an artist making a table. If you make a light, you can be an artist making a light. If you a cook, you can be an artist making the food. We, everything we make, everything we do, we can, yeah, we I think can maybe, be the artist doing it. Yeah, I maybe, mean, sorry, say. Did yeah, I but I think, no, I think maybe the point is that we as humans are wired to procreate. Like we, we are wired to make new people, but we're also wired to make stuff, to create. Um, and that doesn't necessarily have to be art in the way that we define art as. Yeah, I think yeah, we're, because we're if gifted. we fall asleep somewhere, we leave a mark there and that's already a proof of our existence. I mean, I think a proof of, of existence is just by existing, it's unavoidable. So. Zaman, <laughs> 
try to answer the first question, Fuensanta, uh, why and, and for whom do you create? So I think uh, without wanting to sound very tragic, I just, uh, I get sick if I don't since forever, you know, maybe I will get to, to a point in which I don't need it to be okay, but it's just, I think, um, it's, uh, some sort of, uh, miracle in a sense to have that impulse. And also it's like a restlessness, restlessness that we, some people have to deal with, which is to just observe beauty or is like, there's always a question of, wow, this is amazing. What can I do with it? And, uh, so I live with that all the time, which of course, um, so to you, it's more like a burden than an actual. Absolutely not. I mean, it's, 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 I also said it's a miracle, but of course it's a burden too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't you think you also create? Um, but I don't mean it in a negative way at all, but you know, it's just like, it's never over. Like you don't, well, I don't want to make assumptions over people's lives. And also I might disagree with me in two hours, you know, but like, you never feel like, oh, okay, now it's done. I just gonna chill. Um, I chill for sure, but there's always so much you more you could be doing and it's endless and it's pleasure and it's never work, but at the same time, it's always work because it's a sense of mission, right? Um, yeah, maybe this, this uh, relates to what you said earlier about. Uh, existing for the reason of existing and and music as an extension of that yeah yeah i mean i already told you about how i feel about sharing this with other people and i definitely don't it's also not enough for me to just you know it just do it forever only for myself i it starts from there definitely but um i already told you about my feeling of being a part of a bigger thing including other people so, I mean, it's, I guess, an intertwining of these two things. This was an episode of the Music Meetup podcast. Please find the full concert by Fuensanta and Nauros and more information about the Music Meeting Festival program on musicmeeting.nl. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to get updates on the show. My name is Rufeda, and this podcast is produced by Dag en Nacht Media and Music Meeting. Thanks for listening and until next time.